All right. Welcome everyone back to Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. Today we have Mark Schumann. I'm positive I had to have done that right. I pronounced that last name. You, right. okay. you did do that right. Good. Phil's not hard. You can get Phil, but Mark's not bad. Phil. IT director at New Ohms School District with over 2,000 end users and a team to support probably a bunch of people that might actually be smarter at technology than we are nowadays. I don't know if that happens to you every now and then. If kids hack anything. Yeah, that is all, always the question of like the kids going, how come we can do this? So That's yeah, let's... So let's just go back in time, though. You could do that. Let's go back in time. Okay. What? Let's go. Well, first, what do your what do the kids have nowadays that you didn't have when you were in high school? Uh, everything. <laughs> exactly. I remember. Did you have the little clear like um, mimeograph sheets or whatever those things were that we put on overhead projector? Yep. The, oh, so we did yeah, have that. Was, I forgot even what those were called, but that was like <laughs> high tech. Ah. Uh, yeah, what were they called? Um, I want to say laser. No, it wasn't laser fish. It was. Uh, what year did you graduate? Uh, Ninety six. Oh, cool. So we're like the same age, pretty much, except I stayed yeah. back in first grade. So you're like maybe a couple years younger than me. So you were around during the dawn of the internet. You probably didn't really use the internet for anything in high school. Did you? Uh, no, we had internet. No, no, I don't think we did. We not really. We had like CD-ROMs. That was like the big thing. We had CD-ROMs. Pentium chip came I out. I think my, the memory that I always have is, you know, with mom and dad going through Sears and seeing that CD for free Prodigy and going, can we get that? Can we get that? Mm. No. Mm. No. You don't need to get that. Yep. I can clearly I remember a no. Know. I can remember a very clear no. I wanted um, Rampage. Remember the, where the three monsters climb up the building? You know, and you just yep. bash the building apart. Like, that was available. You could get that on PC. Like, I really wanted that. No, that was a no. Yeah. We were at, like, uh, I don't know, some one of the myriad of computer stores that all of them went out of business and, and none of them exist anymore. So, exactly. how did you get into this wonderful world of of serving um, serving our seniors? As we could call it, it's like a t- <laughs> it's like a dual it's like a dual meeting here. How did you get into this wonderful role? Um, well, the thing that really got me started was I was in the National Guard and one of my uh, job training or my AIT was uh, part of it was communications and mm-hmm. got to go through that uh, lovely time frame and uh, built up computers in that training off that whole stack of what, 32 disks for Windows 95 Fun. or whatever and get to that last disk and it fails and you have to start all over. People don't, yeah, they don't know. They don't understand the pain. They don't, that's a good no. meme. We got to look that one up. I got to look up the stack <laughs> of the, the stack of floppy disks that we used to install Windows. Okay, cool. And so that kind of started me down that path of like, computers are something that I want to do. So got done with that training, went to college for a computer science degree and realized I didn't want to spend the rest of my year in life looking for a missing semicolon. that's beautiful that's beautiful yes yes it's i notice a lot of people come from some level of military experience it's not it's not uncommon to have a marine or navy and and go into it do you think there's any reason behind that um 
I think one of the things is that the military is really good at teaching troubleshooting. Mm. Give me an example. Well, just that was what a lot of the training was, was, okay, break it down into simple steps and, okay, hands-on, walk you through how to solve a problem, whether it's technology, whether it's mechanic, whether it's this. The military has that ability to turn out after an eight-week training program somebody that's ready to go do the job. Let's walk through that because I'm so used to talking never about the stuff that you actually do on a day-to-day basis. It's more about explaining our stuff to executives and people that we need to sell on the idea that we're important and matter and we're the backbone of the company. That's usually what we talk about. We don't ever usually talk about what you do that's just everyday work. Well, just talk about that mindset of breaking down a problem. Like, how do you actually think? Is there a way that we can get in your mind? Uh, Is there a way that we can get inside the mind of a typical technology leader of some sort and how they break something down? And maybe that's useful and we can turn that into a business case as well. Well, What jumped out at me first off is, you know, that that daily call that everything's broken, nothing's working, the internet's down and that's daily. I, I hope that's not daily, but anyways. Well, ahead. no, but you know, from somebody's perspective, <laughs> yes. you know, the slow browser is, oh, the internet's not working. Mm. So, you know, taking that broad picture from what the end user thinks to going, okay, let me get into my stuff. Let me see. Okay. Can I get to this site, that site or that site? Okay. It's not the whole, it's just this one site that may be having an issue. Mm. Then getting into that site and saying, it's actually just this third floor. Okay, what's what's on the third floor? Okay, here's this data closet that the power went out. Somebody tripped the circuit and the UPS died. Mm. So, so you know, taking that big thing of like their their picture of nothing's working to breaking it down to that. Okay, where where is the problem? Do you ever find you have to walk, maybe um, coach end users off the cliff, calm them down? Daily, I think that's a daily, a daily activity for everybody that's in technology. Because is there a level of like, hey, we should ignore half the cries and some of the problems will go away by themselves, or eventually the the. You understand what I'm saying? Like I think a lot of, and I'm thinking of myself because I'm. It's it's ironic that I'm in technology and I have a technology podcast, but then I also have an IT department. Believe it or not, and um, you know, every now and then, like I'll have some weird, some weird issue with because I have maybe six different domains, and then we moved a domain to gobble up another domain, and now we don't need to host like you know. Uh, 365 on this domain anymore, but we still need to archive email, like weird stuff like that, you know? And then like, oh, why is my email not sending? And I'm like impatient in between a thousand meetings, you know? And I'm like, you know, you open up a ticket and then like they respond, you're like, well, I don't have time right now. And like, you know, we'll schedule a meeting and then you miss that meeting and then you miss the next one. And then eventually you're like, well, the problem kind of went away for a little bit and then it comes up, pops up again. And then eventually you're on the phone with, you know, help desk and 
hey, we finally got to talk. And I, I just want to let you know right, out, right away that I'm going to apologize to you for being one of those end users because the irony of this whole thing is that I talk about this on a daily basis and, and here I am being an annoying end user. You know, so I immediately apologize to them right away and they're just like, you know, just, uh, and, <laughs> and then that's, and that's it. But I realized that I was dealing with a very patient person so I guess there's a level of patience that you have to have. Like if you're an imperson, if you're an impatient person sitting on the help desk, like you're probably going to kill yourself. Yeah, that's probably going to be a bad job for you. Yeah, I would <laughs> definitely say. I would say that you know, probably half of your tickets that you get in a daily basis are probably ones that if you waited for would go away, hmm. or or would boil down in the level of priority on mm. the end user mm. mm-hmm. that it that the major issue today is an hour from now mm. oh yeah i forgot about that but when i called so the, right then on the reverse side that's poor customer service that's poor um, it might be poor customer service but it's also it could be poor end user communication and filtering of things so here here's right. the have you read the Phoenix Project or listened to it on audio? I have, I have not yet listened to okay. it or read it. So like there's this level, there's like this area in the book where they're dealing with like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of tickets and like how do we like, you know, get to like the most important things and not let the unimportant things like drain our, you know, away from like the yeah. whole building dissolving, the whole business dissolving and, you know, we have to we have to ignore these, right? But everyone's screaming and how can we ignore the CEO or the the VP of whatever because we have to or they're not going to even exist anymore, you know, like this type of thing. So there's a level of end user communication. So I guess my question to you would be is yeah. how do you filter out some of those or how do we solve? Is it, a, is it a knowledge base that we direct people to? <laughs> is it, do you have any tricks of the trade that you, when dealing with communicating with end users on a high level of emotional intelligence that helps eliminate and save time, maybe cut back on tickets? Any, what, what can we do there? I think there would be, yeah, the front end training as much as you can do, but then also on the back end. Hmm. Um, hold that, hold that thought, you- hold that thought. Because when I've, in, I've interviewed a ton of people and when I ask what's your single biggest frustration, problem or concern being IT director, <laughs> what's your single biggest frustration, <laughs> problem or concern? Okay. Number one of the top, there's only four. There, the four themes come up. It's always four. Maybe five, maybe even five, but because there's some that are kind of like overlap. One of them is um, updating antiquated silos or being forced to deal with antiquated silos. Okay, or the fact that a silo exists, anything silo. Period. Um, second thing would be um, annoying vendors that don't respond that cause more problems and finger pointing and issues than other things. Um, fourth would be taking decision direction. So of all the things that you have going on, like how do we take proper decision direction in a, in like, how do we make the proper decision? And the fourth was speaking technical slash training and users, which is what we just talked about. Yeah. So it's like the solution is training them up front. And you said, well, as, as much as you can. So 
what what there do you run into when you say as much as you can? Like because people just exist and do their job, right? And you don't really hear about them right. until whenever, and you have no clue if they're actually going to do some sort of training. How do you make people care about IT? I guess is a better question. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, a tough question. It's a very tough question because how many companies have we all worked at where it's like I don't even know who the head of IT is. I, I get, I can guarantee yeah. you, I've got people walking around. They have no clue. Hey, what do I do when this breaks? You know, they don't, might not even know your name. Right. But it's a very important and, thing that we need to yeah, solve. That, and that hard part with training, because you can train somebody, but until it actually relates to their job, they don't. Yeah, they don't care heck about no. Yeah, we're not paying attention but to that. You have, and how to get them into the software without the training is always the mm-hmm. the fun part. Um, and it's kind of like, how do you like do make training. people like you? You almost have to be like yeah. a, you have to make people like you. You have to walk around. They have to see your face. They have to know. They have to like, why do I care about this guy? I don't know, but I do. That's what yeah. IT needs to do. One of the things that I think I've always done very well is um, like when I'm helping somebody, mm-hmm. always trying to figure out a way to relate what I'm doing to their understanding. Mm-hmm. So like with, with networking or something along those lines, relating it down to the mail system. <laughs> okay. And, the snail well, mail system like, as in the paper mail the, system or? As in the paper mail system. Okay, good. You know, everybody has a reference point to mm. that. Mm-hmm. So when I'm talking about IP addresses, that's your home address. Mm-hmm. When I'm talking about a port that this, stuff is communicating that means absolutely nothing to them but if i say you're a whole you're a big apartment building well the mm. mail the address is the apartment building the port number is when you get in and you've got the big mailbox and you've got room 300 that's a port mm. uh, so <laughs> so you, you know kind and of they still gloss over and 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 my job and my job in this whole thing let me just explain to you end users i just want you to imagine you're the mail delivery guy right and um it's the holiday season and you want to take a day off and when you come back in from your day off the mail has doubled that's my job and it never ends the mail never ends that's my job would you like to have my job? <laughs> no. <laughs> then they start to be like, this guy's kind of creepy. Uh, um, you yeah. could just be the really good smelling guy too. You know, let's see. So we're going to relate it to end users. Let's add a few more things on here. We can be as good looking as possible. We can wear, we can be the best smelling guy in the company. They're like, man, that IT guy, he smells amazing. Let's see, what else could we do? Um, I'm just going through a brainstorming session here right now. This has nothing. Yeah. It's, it's just like, what else can we do? That What else can we do if all of us got into a room we thought, how can we be the most favorite people in the entire company? Because if IT is the most favorite people, we'll get more money. Uh, people will care about us. They'll care about wasting our time. That might be a key to this. Here's one for you on that, is being interested in what they do. Oh, yes. Like every time you go help somebody, ask them, a question about what they're doing because mm. that, that's one that I've had the you know great experience over my career is that everybody's always willing to give me their desk and let me help them so you know while you're working on something yeah. you know you're sitting in the C level you know you're the lowest end help desk tech mm-hmm. that 
you know, mm. helping the sea level person on this go, okay, so explain to me, how does this work? That's actually genius because and, I was, um, I'm in the middle of writing a book right now and I was brainstorming with the editor this morning and we're the first, one of the first chapters or the first, I don't know if it's the first chapter, the first section of the book is going to be financial terms and understanding financial terms, EBITDA, gross margin, um, you know, different things that, you know, and how IT can affect that, right? And how can they get involved in one of them? We were just thinking, you know, well, first of all, you got to be on an almost best friend basis with the CFO. That's going to help a lot. And then we were, you know, how can we do that and different things? And the, so there is a possibility, everyone out there listening, that if you, you might be working on the CFO's computer at some point and you've always had that, I don't know, nervousness or inability to connect with them or you've wanted that opportunity to connect, that's your opportunity. That, exactly. That is your time to sit there and go, Hmm. How, how, how do you? I'll throw out one that I sticks in my mind. Before uh, working for the school district, I worked for the local county government uh-huh. area a couple of times ago. I'm sitting in the zoning administrator's office that you know does all the permitting and all this. Mm-hmm. Tell me, what are the regulations on a home or a personal farm-based cemetery? What and it. Okay. And this guy rattled off for 20 minutes. He had just had happened to have had a court case about approving a permit or something uh-huh. that he knew all the regulations off the top of his head on what needed to be done to set up a hmm. family cemetery plot. Hmm. Was it, it difficult? You know, that is kind of interesting. Like, like, is there like a certain, odd question? It's like gotta be that. like drainage and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm assuming. Um, surprisingly for the state, it was very minimal. Like six feet down or eight feet, 10. Like, it, not, not even really. A, just, I think it had to be covered to prevent predation. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> but the regulations on an actual cemetery are vast, but a home plot cemetery or something that it was just uh-huh. was just a very minimal regulations that is that's another business opportunity <laughs> <That's like laughs> other, how to start your own home cemetery pdf for twenty dollars someone's gonna come up with that but see then that only ha- then you could only have your family members there it wasn't like a you know hmm. what's a family member though Family well, cousins. You know. I mean, I don't. You know, is it second married to? I don't know. Anyways, it's still. Um, someone yeah. wants to know that information. That's that's amazing. So, so you know, if you can find those odd questions that hmm. you might be in the person's office, and you've always been wondering. So the next time you're meeting, so basically the the whole point of this is that the next time you're sitting down with an end user, you say, hey, do you know what the regulations are to start your own home cemetery? You've basically got to make sure critters can't get in. Just I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> I'm pretty yep. sure if you say that, they might grin a little bit or look at you sideways. Yeah. The, or you're sitting at the accounting person going, okay, so all these POs, <laughs> how, how does that work? Um, per, pretty sure the person that does that is going to have an hour for talking to you about it. What are the um 
every industry is different, but what are your challenges being in, I mean, school districts? Like, um, right now, the biggest one that's out there is cybersecurity. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, and trying to evaluate what really our risk really truly is. Mm-hmm. Because one, we're, you know, we don't have private um, trade secrets that we're protecting. We're not this. Yep. Um, and then, you know, multi-factor authentication on everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I get I give count, accounts down to Kit and Dick Gardner, so I'm really mm. going to multi-factor authenticate mm. email accounts down to kindergartner. Mm. Mm. So. It's kind of a matter those, of like what really matters, like where is the loss, you know? Hmm. Right. So, and trying to get the, also the industry that's writing the cybersecurity insurance to understand that we're not a bank, but they're writing the same policy for everybody. What, uh, oh, that's interesting. That's a good point. So that, that, that's a big one that like school districts are, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to send out like some, like, I just wanted to upset like the masses today. I was thinking what would be really upsetting to the masses if I posted this on LinkedIn or social media or Twitter or something. And it went along the line because I was speaking with another, <clears throat> uh, like a CIO forum type guy. And, and his comment was security is not a job. It's like, okay. He's like, it's not. It's like, it's like a requirement. It's like a bullet point. It's like, I really don't see it being like a full-time job, even though obviously it is in certain aspects, but he's like, but for most of us, it's like something that the IT director has to take on or the CTO or the CIO has to take on. There's not a budget for a whole, like a CISO role. There's, there's not a role for this. He's like, it's really, it's an aspect of it's one thing that we have to do on top of everything else. And yeah. so I thought that would be fun. Because, to- yeah, if, if you relate that to like the physical world, it's not like the buildings and grounds guy has a, a person that goes around to make sure that every door is locked every hour. Yeah. Security cameras, we could argue on that one, I guess. Is, it the, yeah. is that a facilities issue or is that an IT? It's like both. Uh, I like to keep it as a facilities. Okay. The hand dryer in the bathroom, because sometimes that pops up on the, on the, on the IT budget. Hey, I entered a ticket. Like I literally had a guy, yeah. he, he said, I got a ticket to fix the hand dryer. In the bathroom. Oh yeah. <laughs> hand dryer's down. Because the help desk is where you go for every help for, on anything. Nobody, the end user doesn't necessarily def- differentiate where this help should go. I just. Okay. So that's a good how point. you. How many yeah. times do you call into a 1-800 number and go, I don't know what department I need to get to, mm-hmm. but I'm calling. So that's where we're at, you know, where you're at. So take the call, take the ticket and route it. Try to mm-hmm. either connect the person that needs to or find out who it needs to go to and then route it back to the person saying, here's who you need to contact. Not just, this is an IT. Yes. The to connect to kind of just take a step to reroute back to the security piece, right? Because yep. I I tend to derail people on all kinds <laughs> of. It's just me. Uh, the, that's um, me too. Um, it brings up a good. It, it bring your roadmap. 
it just road mapping in general. And again, if 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 training and development and speaking technical to end users is one of the hardest things, then taking decision direction and road mapping and is one of the other hardest things. And security fits into that piece, especially if there is no well-defined roadmap or blueprint and everyone wants to sell their blueprint nowadays. Everyone has a blueprint, so it's kind mm-hmm. of a... But uh, as far as your roadmap in school goes and taking everything into consideration, COVID, and I don't know what that was like for you guys, but what, what, how do you, how do you go about road mapping? Is this like a quarterly thing? Is this a yearly thing along with the budget? Because one thing I find too, is that a lot of times we do budgeting once a year, but so many things on IT pop up throughout the year. Like you could have done the budget and then COVID popped up and like, wait, we didn't have like a thousand VPNs, like, or we didn't have this, we didn't have this type of, we weren't expecting this or we weren't expecting whatever. How do you, what's your, I don't know. How do you go about doing the road mapping? So being one year into the job, I'm still trying to figure all these things out too, but yeah, trying to, uh, you know, set that yearly budget of, Here's what I'd like to accomplish next year. Uh-huh. Here's some things that we're looking to implement, but yet. I guess my question the, is like, how did you come up with those things? Was it in, in alignment with some kind of vision statement or purpose of the, of the school? And did you link it with something else? Like, how do we coach people? Like, if you're a coach and there's an IT guy that called you up, you're like, dude, I just got this job. I don't know where to begin. Right. Um, and I've got to put, yeah. they, they threw the budget at me. I've got to come up with some kind of budget. I don't, how do you, you know, you can start with like the first number one problems, obviously in fixing problems, I guess. But, you know, how do you go about breaking things down in your, from your perspective? Right now, it's still just the breaking down the problems and trying to up, um, trying to, mitigate those low hanging fruits that are out there that a a new set of eyes on the problem are bringing to the, what is, what is some of the low hanging fruit? If you can divulge that and you could use a past Um, experience if you want, but like in your opinion, when you come into a new place, where's like, you're like, I know there's going to be something here. I know there's going to be something here. I know there's going to be something here. What's like the common low hanging fruit things. The, the way, or not to divulge too much, but like the things that I had meeting, you have meetings with all the different areas that you're supporting and kind of just get those. Perfect. Great. Um, Schedule meetings with department heads. That, right. Department heads on down to the secretary that answers the phone. Great. Because they're going to have a different perspective on this than that. And just like, you know, how much paperwork is being pushed back and forth? And saying, mm. I think we got a solution for that. Okay, F- finding those, finding some of those things that uh, will alleviate problems. I love it. So when you go and you sit down with department heads, what, I mean, what are you usually doing? Sending out an email, going into their office, and hey, by the way, I'm the new nerd on the block. Um, I smell good, by the way. I just want to let you know that. And um, I know a lot about home cemeteries. With that being said can we set a meeting and sit down or what, what do you do? What's your approach? Um, my first part was just when I came in, sending out emails to all the 
identifying who the department heads were and who the key pe- people were and just sending out and saying, Hey, I'd like to have a meeting with you. Just discuss what's working in your department. What, what you'd like to see improved where I can come in and. Has anyone ever been like, wow, no it never asked me that before. Or is it like, I'm just curious. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was, a. Uh, Wow, it's nice to see somebody coming out of their office now. So cave, you know, server closet, other cave office. Yeah, mm, sweet. so so I think that's and that's been one of my key things is just being present, getting mm. out of the office and going and making rounds to the building. And that's one of the greatest parts about working at a school district mm-hmm. is walking through those halls and seeing those little kids walking around going. Who are you? What are you doing here? <laughs> Let me tell you, kids. <laughs> Back in the day, we had punch cards. You have a <laughs> you have a smartphone. Your parents know where you are. You're yep. <laughs> the and they don't have to wait till the five o'clock bell that or whistle in town that tells you to go home to find out where you're at. I still love talking about that. It's amazing. We had to go to a card file at the library. There was a librarian. I don't know. Do you guys still have a library and a librarian? Does that even exist? Uh, they're called media specialists now, but yeah, they are. <laughs> and it's a digital, you know, <laughs> card catalog now that tells you where to find the books and stuff. But media specialist. Yep. Yeah, no, we had, yeah, the old so, Dewey Decimal System and you should pretend to kind of know what it is, how it works. And like, you didn't really need, yeah. they would teach you, but you really were just like, no, you just follow decimals. It's not that hard, I guess. And then you just go over the thing and pull out the box and go mm-hmm. uh, back and forth. Let's mm-hmm. see, this part, mm-hmm. that book is what I'm going to do the report on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> forward thinking, <laughs> forward thinking, um, breaking the old, um, the, the school system in general, do you, what, what do you envision the future to be like for education and technology mixing together and everything that happened with COVID and everything, was there anything yeah. that stood out that was interesting? The, the thing that is just boiling in the back of my mind is how everybody through COVID got over the, I don't know necessarily privacy or fear of videotape mm-hmm. or, or not. Yeah. There again, we talk how old we are. Videotape who's recording on tape, but yeah, yeah. Um, you know, video meetings and mm-hmm. I, I see something coming where everybody's lecture every day is recorded. Some mm-hmm. easy system where mm-hmm. the teacher comes in in the morning, flips it on, yep. it records it before they start. Period two, they say, period two. And Mm. throughout the day, Mm -hmm. that system automatically breaks it out into Mm -hmm. their sections. Mm -hmm. That way then, your your student gets Miss Smith and Mr. And Miss Smith teaches very by the book, no stories. Mm. Mr. Johnson teaches very story, whatever. And you're a learner that, learns from stories, not, you know, not, uh, right. So you, you can go home 
listen to Mr. Johnson's lecture on the same topic that you're sitting through, Ms. Smith, mm. and be able to get that content in a different way. That's, but yeah, that's true. It would have worked but, wonders but, for me. But still having it tied down so that you have to have a school district account that it's not publicly mm. available, something along that line, so that yeah. because there is all the minor. I've seen it all things that I've been having eight kids. I've <laughs> been able to experiment with them in many ways. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, and my oldest one's like, I was the experiment. I was the mis- the kid you made all the mistakes. And I was like, ah, you're doing all right. The, uh, <laughs> So I've had kids that got to public school. I've had kids that we homeschooled. I've had kids that went to private school. And now it's a hybrid. And it's one of the best, I think. It's a hybrid where my wife is, is homeschooling them on the subjects that she kind of handpicks and knows really, really well. So I think University of Nebraska does their math just you know and then there's this other like super really good writing course out of utah that she puts the kids through and it's really unbelievable like i think they come out of high school with better writing skills and i was a creative writing major in college an english major they come out like way ahead like better than me and uh, not that i was like an amazing english student uh, by any means but when I look at there, I'm like, this is so well structured, this everything. And then they had all these other subjects that were kind of lame. It's, it was kind of like, we're, here's the history. We're going to feed you that. We're going to feed you this. We're going to feed you just like standardized type of stuff that went through whatever course. And it's kind of hard to pick. So we, we picked a online school for the rest and it's international so they do the school, they do the schooling and we basically, I can't remember how we, exactly how we picked it out, but the, they have like different time zones, you know, but like the teachers, the, the point is, is it's, it's amazing when you can mm-hmm. actually pick your kids' teachers or, right? Because a lot, and I'm not saying yep. like, you know, may the Lord above bless all the public school teachers, right? Because Mm -hmm. of what they go through and, you know, the fact that half of them, most of them don't get paid enough and they have to deal with every single personality and and kid type out there. And they have to, they're forced, many of them are forced through particular lesson plans and everything like this This is completely not, this is kind of an IT podcast now, kind of not, but (laughs) the, um, but I, but technology is going to allow that. And the one thing that I noticed through it was, is like a lot of kids that were like going to Harvard or something, they're like, why am I, why am I paying to go to Harvard now if all my, all my schools, all my school is going to be online? Like, is it really the Harvard campus experience? So what, what, well, what'd you pay to go to Harvard for? Did you go pay to go to Harvard for the campus experience or did you pay to go to Harvard for the, for the, is the, what the professors? Is it, yeah. And is it, are the they that value? That you're getting of the education. Yeah. Yeah. The value point. So I'm assuming you might have seen some of that. I mean, when you guys when COVID hit, did you guys did kids have to go home, go home, and stuff like that? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, and the, the not the full counterpoint, but to what you're saying is that that's 
a great environment for those families that can facilitate it. Yeah, no kids the, lost their minds. Some kids lost their minds. Right. I, I know, saw it the other day. If, you, if, you, if you've got a kid that needs interaction, real, that needs friends, or, and um, comes yeah. from a family that's, you know, yeah, single mom that's working, and there's no way that, and or that kid is just not engaged in school. Doesn't, Here's what I saw. Doesn't care. I saw kids that were still outside of school due to COVID and both the parents run a restaurant and it's not like it's like a big restaurant. It's kind of a, kind of a hole in the wall and the kids probably no money for daycare or, or whatever. Right. Or there was no daycare because of COVID. I don't know. Whatever the issue was, yep. the kids have been in the restaurant every day, all day opening until close for like two years. Yep. And I literally saw a kid have a meltdown. Like I hate stupid COVID. Like get me out of the, like the little office where the computer sits and we're sitting in front of a tablet and you and whatever throughout the day. And then like some of the times you see the kids just sitting in a booth and like kicking each other under the booth. Like, what are we going to do now? And you know, we're not going to run around outside in the middle of the city. So that's not going to happen. So from that standpoint, yeah, it's, it's rough. It's rough. Um, and, but back to the recording of the professors, I've also seen, I've also seen a college professor record all his episodes, record all his classes. And then now year two, he doesn't even show up. There's no class to show up. It's just send him the zoom recording and, and send him the, send him the PowerPoint outline. And he just has an office. The guy doesn't even do anything nope. now. He's open right. for, and then he has a teacher's assistant. So the teacher's assistant answers all the, all the questions the guy doesn't do anything. Genius. Yep. So that's, Genius. That's going to be the other, what is the, if that model follows through. Well, it's the fastest growing the business. Value add yeah. Everyone's trying to sell you their course now. Right. So that's the other yep. thing too, is how we're going to differentiate that. Anyways. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> quite <laughs> awesome. Hours on that, yes. Yes. The, okay. La we'll, we'll, we'll make this the last Last deep dive, your team, how do you, what's, what's your, I guess if you had to pick a top three, top three pieces of advice on coaching a team, IT team, people that work on yep. your IT team. Um, first one is. It doesn't have to be three. I'm just saying the first thing that comes yeah. to mind, you know what I mean? So. Encourage their inquisitivity. Okay. If that was if that was a word. Yeah, it's like it's like you know strategy. Yeah. It's strategy. Yeah. Strategize, you know, strategy. Inquisitiveness. Their, their inquisitiveness. Their curious yeah. about try to find projects that foster to that. Mm. Um. Always, you know, always be asking questions. Mm. Realize. I always kind of tell people I've been in this business too long to actually answer any question definitively. So I'm always, <laughs> I'm always with a, yeah, that might work. That maybe should. So I've seen yeah. that fail and do well. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've seen it that when you turn the light switch on, the computer does go off. So I'm not going to say that shouldn't, but, um, yeah. so always be learning. <laughs> always. Always be inquisitive about how things work. 
right. and, <laughs> the and computer to the house. Connection. If you ever troubleshoot parents or or troubleshoot some of like just people in general, I, I have seen the computer attached to the the light switch before. Like, why are the why yeah. is my computer's not turning on? Oh, it's turn <laughs> flip the switch. Yep. Oh, okay. So always be yeah. inquisitive. The um, okay, next. What's the number one thing that you would find um, people growing up in IT don't have or is a, a common a common miss? People skills. People skills, people skills, people skills. It, it's not the technology. It's the uh, connections you make. Is there any simple way for people that are like, I don't know, have no people skills or are scared? We got any books? Emotional intelligence? I don't know, something? Yeah, I... I'm not sure because it's come. That's part always has come easy to me. So I don't know how, hmm. how you teach somebody that it's not. not There's a bunch of exercises in, um, I think I read the book. I think it was the four hour work week. I think it was Tim Ferriss or something. So a lot of times people are just scared. So a lot of times people are scared to connect, discover response, start a conversation. They don't like the awkwardness. A lot of times people don't like weird, awkward stuff or they don't have a good, you know, it's like awkward when you first do it, right? Yeah. It would be like, go back to my first podcast. Like I've never done a podcast before. This is weird. I don't like, it's awkward, you know? Um, now, so he has, it's he's like, you know, just start talking and I don't know, maybe it's really horrible and I just don't care or something. I don't know. But every now and then people <laughs> tell me like, Hey, that episode really changed my life. I actually reached out to him. I was like, Oh my gosh, people are listening. The, but he had like Tim Ferriss had a bunch of uh, like kind of get out of your comfort zone exercises. Like one is, I think, shut the news off for a month. Like you're not allowed to do social media. You're not allowed to look at any piece of news. You're not allowed to read the newspaper. You're not allowed to watch the news, CNN, blah blah blah, or even if you call any of that, whatever Fox. You're not if that if you call that news, I guess mm-hmm. whatever that stuff is, you're not allowed to watch any of it. Um, that was one. Another one was you you must go out into public in a busy area and just lay down and play dead for 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You must just experience the Dude. uncomfortableness of everybody staring at you or wondering why is this guy laying down on the ground? You know, there's like different things like that yeah. that would be, I think, fun. I'm not saying that we have to go do that, but um, there's probably... There's probably some exercises like you could do that would be easy to connect with people. Like on this show, the, the easy one always, I think with every IT director, you could probably have these in departments as well. It's like, what was your first computer? Like, you, I just never get tired of asking that question, right? Yep. I just don't. Um, for other people, it's like, you know, what's your favorite food? What's, you know, I think mine was tacos for years. I'm debating whether I need to change that or not. Um, right. so, okay. So point I just, two I is think one of those that, yeah. one of those that I've just, as you were saying that pop to open-ended questions, not yes, no questions. Yes. 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 Do you like it? <laughs> Do you like, uh, no. Sure? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the open-ended questions. Okay. So connect, discover, respond with people that, that was, that was point two. And um, any other uh, advice to the team when you bring people up? What about um, what about like development and stuff? Do you think development's important for team members and stuff? Like, how do you develop your people? Um, 
that's what I've been trying to uh, figure out exactly. Like, you know, what, what is the, what is a good way to in, encourage them to do the things that they're lacking in also. So yeah, the development um, is the key part and trying to figure out from that staff member, how they best overcome that, whether it is by a book, by a training, by just experiences. Yeah, because it takes time to let something go. Sometimes it's faster to do something yourself than it is to let go. But in the long run, it's you're freeing yourself and developing another person. The I had there was a guy in a mastermind group, and he put it a really really good way. He said, "Give give the tasks away, give some tasks or projects away, but make sure that it's one." Make sure it's challenging, but make sure it's one that you know they're going to win at. Make sure it's one that you know they can do. I think that's that's a really good one. So, yeah. The what do you have? Um, if there was like a, you know any one piece of advice that you had to uh, I don't know give out there or words of wisdom or anything, what would that be? I think always be. Asking questions, always be finding that next person that has something that you want to know and ask them the question. Don't, don't be embarrassed. Don't be feeling inferior or anything. Just Mm. ask the questions. Mm. Mm. Can you think of a time that you did that? Um, I mean, I think every boss that I've ever worked for or anywhere that I've worked, I've always you know, that's a good one. I've always just, I've always just had the ability to just walk in or, you know, Hey, can we have a meeting? I'm just, hmm. what yeah. was your, uh, who, okay. So here, 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 what was your best boss and why? Best boss. Someone's got to come to mind. Um, I can think. Yeah, of no, it, Mine was just like, I, she was just brutal, brutally truthful. <laughs> I was just brutally truthful. Meaning like she was like admitted that basically, you know, we're not perfect. Um, the teams, you know, there's, we have a lot to, we have a lot to work on. Let me just help you. What do you need? <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I mean, it's just the ones that have won back at the County that, you know, just allowed me to take mm-hmm. on some projects and encouraged me through those projects and let me run with them. So. Nice. Um, it has been a pleasure having you on the show and the, uh, I'm hoping the school is, is this year's school, school life better than last year's. Yeah. It's, it's been marketably better. Now it's the, what's the new normal really going to be. So, mm. and adjusting to what, what it's going to be and not what it was and not what we overcame. So Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yep. It's been a pleasure. I always like listening. 